This was a vision. I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Look, the world is full of these kind of things. Black masses, mutilations, mutilations. The incubus, the succubus. I'm telling you, we got to go down to the religious supply store. we got to get ourselves a couple of gallons of holy water. My cousin Jerry's a priest. He can get us a deal. Do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Hey, once they get in here, it's over, pal. Trigger warning. This podcast may include explicit content that will take you out of your comfort zone and make you question reality. Listener's discretion is advised. What's going on, everybody? Today, I am sharing a group discussion I was a part of with New York Patriot from the Occult Rejects, a new friend that I met named Thrash, and Colby from the Conspiracy Playtime podcast. And we throw down on your favorite topic, the Occult Laurel Canyon. That's right. I was very excited to share this episode and there was so much I even got to learn diving deeper into the canyon. Do I hear an Occult Laurel Canyon Part 4 in the works? You never know. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Let's dive right back into the canyon. Here we go. Rejects. Uh, tonight, I'm very excited to be going live with these uh, three fellow uh, podcasters. Um, tonight, I got in the uh, passenger seat with me. I got Thrash, my boy Thrash. What is up, Thrash? How is it going? Uh, it's going. You? It's, uh, it's Friday night. It's party time. Got my Damn joint. Right. Damn right. <laughs> did you get any? Did you eat any edibles yet? Yeah, I ate them. They should be kicking in here once we start Perfect. rolling. Perfect timing. Time, time <laughs> perfect. That's a veteran move right there. <laughs> if I do I it early, then I'll be paranoid. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a half hour is going to be under his desk, and you're just going to see his head peeking up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ghost of like Frank cool, Zappa right? behind you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, thank you, Thrash, for coming on, especially very short notice. Like, this was in like 45 minutes an hour. So I, I appreciate the fact that you're able to jump on like that. Um, tonight, I have also uh, very, very excited to have the uh, the queen of icebergs herself. I got Julia from Cosmic Peach, uh, somebody who's been on my show multiple times. If you have not heard her before, please go back and check out the journey. You have Thank to. Thank you, New that York. Was, that was some I'm fire. Flattered. That was tough. You so. <laughs> 
<laughs> Cosmic Peach, Julia, would you like to let everybody know who you are and where they can find your stuff? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I am the host of Cosmic Peach podcast, and I cover everything from conspiracy theories to the paranormal, true crime, and the conspiracies behind true crime, not just the crimes themselves. <laughs> it's not crime junkies, assholes. This is on a whole nother level. And I'm on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I recently just made my own website. So you can check that out. It's cosmicpeachpodcast.fucking.com. Do I have to put the fucking so, in there? Yes, you do. And spell it out with the G. Oh, you said fucking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm really excited about that because there are a lot of things I talk about in my podcast that I want to um, make easily accessible for people to find. So if I talk about health supplements or certain products that I'm using, I put all the links on my website so they can go and just click on the link and like go find what whatever colon flush I'm on this week or whatever products I'm using. And it's really helpful for the listeners, but it's also great to... Um, I guess not have everyone messaging me on Instagram all the time because that can be a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> I would rather just say go to my website. You don't like you don't like seeing twenty uh, nine plus messages. In oh Instagram. my gosh, yes, that's a bane of my existence, and it's not because I don't like communicating with people. It's just it's time consuming. And I don't want to be the asshole that just puts like a star on their message. I want to take the time and respond. And so I'd rather them just be able to check out the website. Saves them time. Saves me time. And I don't think some people realize that if I was to actually read every single thing you typed, my show would be no longer in existence. <laughs> yeah, the 16 paragraph messages. I will no longer That's be what covering I what I used to cover. And I'll just be covering your nonstop messages. <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> some of them are like i hate to say it it's true <laughs> yeah and some of them are like fake profiles with no picture on it and like one follower or no but yeah they, no posts either it's like i don't no even know the fuck you are. but they they're in the cia new york and they've got inside info that i've got to hear and they've got shadow people coming out of their yeah. asshole and all kinds of stuff and i you know it's cool and all but i'm not gonna have you on the show <laughs> but thanks for sharing. Hey, send send them my way. I want. I want to talk <laughs> oh no! Okay, I'll, you know what? This is a good time for me to talk shit to you because <laughs> I need you to get an Instagram so I can just be like, "Oh, hit this guy up." <laughs> I can tag you in the message. I, I, I'm. Everybody's telling me to get an Instagram, and I actually almost got one just to contact you. But then when I was on NY show last time. We brought up Laurel Canyon. I said, dude, get Cosmic Peach over here. We can do a show about that. Yeah. So here we are. So you don't need Instagram to connect. You just have to know people. It is true. Yeah. He actually did make this happen. Well, that's awesome. And yeah. I'm happy to be here. But I do need somewhere to send all my crazies. So if you do decide to get an Instagram, I I need we'll to be one of the forward. first to know. All right. Sure. Uh, well, you three will be my first friends. Is that what they <laughs> call them on Instagram? Friends, <laughs> yeah. not followers, followers like on Twitter. Yeah, we're followers. followers. Okay, mm -hmm. see, I don't. Even I'm shadow banned. Well, it's, speaking, I'm of you, sure. Though. I'm sure I will be too. 
Speaking of you, we have not actually formally introduced you yet. So. Right. Yeah, we well, got I didn't know if she was done yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Uh, my name's Colby. I have two podcasts, Conspiracy Playtime, which is, as the title suggests, more conspiracy-oriented. Disinfobation is a weekly shit-talking show that has like five people listening to it. It's It's kind of not for everybody. And... Uh, I do that with Dusty, you truthcast on Twitter. I don't think he has Instagram either, but he's old. I so. did he, and he, I think he might have lost it. For some reason, I'm thinking he might have had one at one point. He loses everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know how he has a family. <laughs> I hope he's watching right now because I, I like talking shit when he's watching. Uh, yeah, so those are my two shows. And uh, Laurel Canyon is by far my favorite topic. So. I'm ready to fucking dive into this shit. Yeah, me too. It's it's a, it's actually a topic that like I can say I don't know much. Like I've heard tons of just like weird things going on in that area, but I've never like really strung them along or like connected the spider web or like dug. Dude, into you it. could connect everything to Laurel Canyon. Yeah, it's like much. the center yeah. of the fucking spider web. It yeah. really is. <laughs> if Charlie Day has his spider web going, like his head is right where that fucking Laurel Canyon would be. <laughs> Yes. And still to this day, the music, and I hope to get into this after Julia talks about the old days, but still to this day, the LA music scene is chock full of spooks. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Right, and so, I, can, uh, I can kind of go through like a brief summary sure. of what happened is some essentially two old, dusty ass white guys bought up some. Uh, property in the Laurel Canyon and it was not what we see it as today it was really remote and not a lot going on but they started building around there and people started flocking to the area and by the time it hit the 60s Frank Zappa and Charlie Manson the one guy from the Beach Boys Brian something. Brian Wilson. Wilson. Yep, Brian Wilson. And I think uh, the Mama Cass from the Mamas and the Papas and Sharon Tate were all living within like five minutes of each other. So it became a high profile area for it starting from nothing and going to that level. You see there's a little bit of a plan there. In my opinion, because people who are influential like that, they pick certain areas for a reason. And then in the 90s, there was even the Heaven's Gate cult that murdered themselves close to that same area. So Jim Jones was over near there before he moved. He was in California, too. Yeah. Before they moved to like Uganda or wherever. Supposedly, I had heard that he lost people to Manson's cult. And that's why he left. One of the reasons why they're they're comp- competing. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, that happens." I had no. I mean, yeah. I mean, Walmart and Target. That's what. That's pretty much what it is. I think. I think Jim Jones was more like Target. And, uh, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> and then, um, who was it? Charlie Manson was more like Walmart, and I think that a lot of people during the '60s actually befriended. Charlie Manson and he was trying to be a musical artist actually and they would 
kind of have him play music and talk to him. And he was like a spiritual shaman for them. And he was held in high regard. Him and his little posse would be living with Frank Zappa or whoever would have them. And they was going around in the canyon pretty much couch surfing. Dennis Wilson put him up for like several months at a time. Yep. Yep. And he said that he never got a weird vibe from Manson, that he didn't know anything. And then right before he died, he was like, well, actually, maybe I do know a little bit about it. Uh, maybe I'll write a book about it. And it, it was like not very long afterwards that he croaked. Yeah, so, if you uh, say you're going to do something like that, they're going to send you in the ocean after your car keys. <laughs> right. That's how that yeah. motherfucker died. <laughs> yes. And there was just a lot going on back then. Uh, anybody who was anybody was hanging out in the Laurel Canyon. And Jim Morrison, obviously, I already mentioned Frank Zappa, the Mamas and the Papas, the Birds, uh, Bob Dylan, and... Crosby, and Stills, and Nash. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Anybody. just The Turtles. Minimum. Yep, they were, <laughs> they were in the canyon. So... But and there was no music in LA before this. It all just happened at once, too. And that's the weird part. And yep. all their fucking parents are in the military intelligence, which is like Yes. It just seems as though from what my research said that it was not a lot going on. And then boom, the hippies quote unquote came out of the woodwork and people were like, where did these long-haired freaks come from and why? And so we look at who the long-haired freaks are and all of their parents, like Colby said, were in the military. Frank Zappa's father, military. Like high, high up military. military. Not just like generals. These guys are like, I mean, Frank Zappa's dad was doing the weaponry at Edgewood Arsenal. Edgewood Arsenal. Jim Morrison's dad started the Vietnam War. I was I just going to ask about Jim Morrison's father because I know he was. I just wasn't sure what he did. Yeah, he was a naval and he was on the Gulf of Tonkin. He was in Gulf charge of, of that Tonkin whole fucking incident. operation. Mm-hmm. The same Jim fucking Morrison. And they say, like, he always said that he was estranged from his father for years, but a, a picture surfaced where he has, like, a fucking outgrown crew cut. He's sitting on that very boat that would be over in the Gulf of Tonkin just a few years later while Jim Morrison has, like, a mullet now walking around the beach. Mm-hmm. And he was an actor, too. He did a, a commercial for Florida State University. So he wasn't just nobody. He, like, had, like, a history of acting. Oh, well, and, and he was used because of his talent. I think a lot of them were talented. And that's why I try to tell people... Um, who listened to the Laurel Canyon, they were like, well, I really like music from the 60s. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Some of my favorite music of all time comes from the 60s. They weren't talentless hacks, but because of who they were and because of who their families were, they were chosen to be in certain roles, just like Jim Morrison. And he would even say everybody's a sheep and everybody's dumb asshole and I mean, he, I think he got a little sloppy, actually. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. Do you think that, because I have mixed feelings about Jim Morrison. I think he was all in on it at first. And then he understood what he was doing, like shifting a whole culture towards, uh, you know, decadence and away from like the anti-war movement. It almost seemed like 
near the end of his life and i don't think he's dead but you know his life right. it's yeah. like it's like he just was always bathing in booze and just screaming at everybody for being a slave and stupid mm-hmm. and i really think that was his true self coming out I do that's too. why they that's why they probably had to have that sham trial for him waving his dick in florida and then he had to go to paris and fake his death or whatever but so yeah, do you think he, do you think he was like a little bit authentic yeah i think there's only so long you can um go along with this facade before you're just over it and a lot of people will tell you look at jim carrey okay i think he might have realized his idolizers were like fucked in the head yeah jim carrey no morrison Oh yeah, that but might it's have like been the a part same of kind of thing. Like, like, wait, like he was saying like he's you know has said things, and it's just like sometimes I hate to say it, but I do think that people can realize just how, just how much these people love him. He realized like you're fucked, and he was a there, good person if it made him sick and he wasn't getting off on it. You know, I don't know if that's of part of the act. Get off on it though, and I think that Mama Cass from. The Mamas and the Papas was a witch. And the fact that her house was right across from Sharon Tate and she was entertaining the Manson family, uh, that is a huge red flag to me. And I don't think she choked to death on a ham sandwich. I think maybe she knew some shit and maybe she was going to talk or maybe she told the wrong person and they offed her ass. Um. A few things I wanted to add in about Morrison. Uh, his his hairdresser was Jay Seaburn. Yes. Yeah. Glad you said that. That's yeah. a great link that a lot of people overlook. Yeah. An- another thing that kind of reminded me of He got killed something. by the Manson, fam- or yes. the Manson family. <laughs> oh, I sorry, buddy. Go- sorry, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. Um, I know the drummer of the Doors. Uh, he always Binsmore. referred to... Um, Morrison had another personality when he would drink and they called him Jimbo. Yeah. They they, did that in the Oliver Stone movie. You see him call him that sometimes. Yeah. And they said that he, yeah, he was like a completely different person, like, like real violent and, and mean and stuff like that. Well, a lot of them were actually described as that. They well, fuck, John Frank Phillips Zappa is probably Frank Zappa. Captain Beefheart is one of my favorite stories of Laurel Canyon. But John Phillips is probably one of the biggest pieces of shit. The guy, the lead singer of the Mamas <laughs> and the Papas, probably one of the biggest pieces of shit that's ever walked this planet. If what they say about him is true. I mean, I'll let Julia talk about that because it's. Well, just... and, uh... Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Mama Cashy. Um... Now. I don't know how deep you guys have looked into the Manson case. I'm like kind of been obsessed with it for years. Um, there's some theories that Mama Cass was, she was supposed to get drugs from Wojtek Frakowski mm-hmm. uh, from the Cielo drive house. And that she, I think they claim that she was there after the murders or saw something. I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, I've I'm heard sure that. She knew quite a bit about it. I'm, I'm sure she knew what was going down that night. Well, I know it wasn't. I'm almost positive it's true that she, she did. Uh, they even like wanted to bring her into court, and actually over the Manson stuff. And I think that like because it was known that she knew him. 
Yeah, and uh, I know that. I, I think that neither she never had to go, but like it was known that she did know Manson, and that's why she almost had to testify in court. I read a book about Jim Morrison, and it's uh, the guy that is portrayed in what's that fucking movie that Cameron Crowe did? It's supposed to be, oh, Almost Famous. So the guy that wrote that. He wrote a, a biography on Jim Morrison, and he claimed that the FBI subpoenaed Morrison after the Manson murders, which now knowing what I know about Morrison, I think that's probably worse shit. But a lot of these people, and I honestly, my whole theory on the Manson thing is that none of the family was even there when that shit went down, if it went down at all. I'm starting to think it might have been staged. But uh, Tom, o hey, Thrash, have you read Tom O'Neill Chaos? Oh, yeah, man. Okay, oh, I yeah. thought I, if you're obsessed, I would say that's like if you if you read that book to me, it connects more dots and it brings Jolly West into the fold, which is one of the fucking craziest things ever, because that guy's like the Forrest Gump of the CIA. Like he's every fucking where and he Everywhere. connects Manson to Laurel Canyon. And it just I don't know. Yeah, the yeah. Nicholas Shrek book is is pretty good, too. What's it called? Um uh, that's all right. Myth and reality. Myth and reality of an outlaw shaman. I think that's, that's a the good name fucking title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he like was like kind of like friends with Manson for like over thirty years. Yeah, he. There's a lot of interesting stuff he found out if you read that book. It's like a like a bible. It's very thick. It's there's so much information in there. You kind of gotta read it a few times <laughs> oh we got we got Teresa chiming in in the comments saying don't forget manson was friends with elon's mom aka rosemary's baby <laughs> hi Teresa. <laughs> hi Teresa. <laughs> i'll never forget that of course that was funny that was a good show yeah you guys covered <laughs> rosemary's baby we covered elon and it turns out he is fucking rosemary's baby <laughs> or he, he's not fucking rosemary's baby he is rosemary's he baby he is rosemary's baby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they even have the same birthday so in the movie oh, wow or in the book of rosemary's baby which i didn't i just found out was written by the same person that wrote stepford wives which i thought was interesting but uh his birthday is six six uh 66 of course wow. but in the movie they change it to 628 and that's Elon Musk's fucking birthday, June twenty eighth. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Did, yeah. Anyway, did you know that we found out about it after we got done recording? I was like looking into it more. I think I. I don't oh, know if I. I was like, I don't remember that, this. Yeah, this wasn't part of the episode. It was like the bonus features. <laughs> wow. That's good follow up. Good follow up, Colby. Thank gold you. Star follow up. On my Instagram page, I get one gold star when I yeah. make it. <laughs> you know what I did want to ask, and I, I don't want to like—I don't mean to get off like the Manson stuff and all that stuff because I'm sure there's like other shit to talk about. But like, wasn't there also a military involved like in that area as well? Dude, like, they had wasn't there, like a military base that I think somebody—fuck, I forgot his name—he played uh, the Joker, I think, didn't he? Buy some? I could be wrong with who who bought it. Well, I think somebody recently bought like an old military base over by Laurel Canyon. That's not yeah. Easy. Well, I think doesn't Jared Leto have a house over that's, there? And that's he, what he I has, yeah, he has I a fucking like... cult. Oh, that yeah, he did play the Joker. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I also found this out like four days ago. Trent Reznor 
records fucking albums in the house on Cielo Drive. That's where well, he recorded uh, Marilyn Manson's first album. Yeah. And this is I was going to say really the door. quick. <clears throat> owned it. I think I covered that actually in one of my episodes because my brother is in a band in Shameless Plug. He's doing very well for himself in the Cleveland He's good. area. I checked him out. Oh, great. Yeah. So <laughs> he uh, happened to meet uh, Marilyn Manson because they had the same manager, same manager who managed Nine Inch Nails. And he hung out with uh, Marilyn a few times. He called him Brian. <laughs> Uh, but he hung out with Brian quite a few times and would always tell me these stories. And he was, he wasn't afraid to tell me at the time because I didn't have a podcast. Now he doesn't tell me shit because <laughs> he knows one I'm of my favorite episodes my is mouth. where he comes on and, and like <laughs> tells the story about Hunter S. Thompson's glasses that he almost walked away with mm. from Marilyn Manson. Yes, but Trent does have the door, he does have the door. And um, something else recently, and I don't want to go too far off topic, but since you brought it up, I wanted to also mention, he told me this story about um, Manson went to go hang out with Johnny Depp one time when he was filming Pirates of the Caribbean. Part and 17 or the first or, one? I know. I think it was one of the first ones. And he said <laughs> they were all just chilling and, and hanging out and, Manson gets a call from Johnny Depp and he's like, I'm really bored. Like there's nothing for me to do out here. And I just, can I fly you out to where I am? And I have this big jar of Coke. That I, <laughs> a jar. Said, yes. But listen, this came up recently in the trial with Amber turd. So Johnny Depp bought this jar of cocaine from lucky Luciano from like an estate sale or an auction or something. They had this big, huge jar of cocaine that was fucking years and years and years old from Lucky I was going to say, does it hold its potency? So he invited Manson out there to see if it was still potent. <laughs> so It's probably like crystallized adrenochrome or something. Uh, I don't amazed. know. I don't know. But Sorry, so... your, your YouTube page. <laughs> but anyways, he <laughs> flew out there. He, and he did this coke with uh, Johnny Depp or whatever. And he was like, it still worked. And they were all laughing and ha ha ha. But in the trial, Amber was like talking about this jar of cocaine that Johnny Depp had. And my brother was like, oh shit, that's the jar he was talking about that he got from the estate sale or whatever from Lucky Luciano. It wasn't even new Coke. It was, it's like fucking 30, 40 years old Coke. And he just keeps it as a fucking souvenir in his house. I want to, when you did Coke. that show, that was before that, that whole thing with Amber Heard even happened, right? Who I, my brother would never speak of that on my show. Oh, I know. Okay. I was wondering if he's private. Oh, okay. Does he not listen to your show? <laughs> Oh, he thinks I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs most of the time. He's like, you're bonkers. It's because he's rubbing shoulders with the people we're talking shit about right now. I think he doesn't <laughs> want to be associated with my crazy tendencies because he's so skeptical about everything. And he also doesn't want to believe that he's trying to be a part of something so demonic because he wants to make it like 
obviously he spent so much of his life trying to get into the music industry. Why in the world would he go on a podcast and be like, they're all fucking assholes, sake worshippers. Like, he's not going to do that. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Well said. But yeah, no, that was one of the craziest stories I ever heard. And I was like, so... um. Do you get a creepy vibe from Manson? And he said when he first met him, he was like in awe of him, but he didn't really get the creeps or anything. And I mean, that's fine. If that's true, that's fine. But I think at some point when the makeup comes off, you're just looking at a really ugly white guy. Have you seen him with no Manson makeup on? (laughs) Isn't he the dude from the Wonder Years? I don't know. I don't that's think an old, so. that he's not. You know the guy okay. Paul on the Wonder Years? Paul. I've heard people say big that. Yeah, that was a rumor like when I was in high school, which is fucking years ago, but it was never true. The right. guy that played Paul had to come out and be like, I'm not Marilyn Manson. I swear <laughs> to God. And it's just like, yeah, you obviously are not Marilyn Manson. You should have rolled with that, buddy. It could have got you laid. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think Marilyn Manson is fascinating because he likes to lean into his persona and like i think that columbine made him a superstar even though it was like bad for him in a way and he goes on the record saying that his dad was training to be a jesuit priest and then started working for the cia the cia was trying to recruit maryland when he was a little kid or whatever brian excuse me brian and uh that he like has a photographic memory he could walk into a room he can memorize whole books and the cia wanted him and it's just like that all sounds really cool and it fits into like laurel canyon shit but at the end of the day that guy just loves being marilyn manson so who the fuck knows yeah he really does i think he really does and and someone else i forgot to mention earlier as far as like the military connection was jackson brown yeah, he's he's like a footnote in the book. Uh, but he he's got some really fucked up family connections to the precursor to the CIA. And he oh, the was, OSS. Yeah, the OSS and he was born in Germany. So Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mhm. Nice. Jackson Brown, I'm going to fucking put on the vinyl. After I fucking we get off. love Jackson Brown, by the Dude, way. Dude, I, I love the music just as much now that I know all this. It's still fucking like the CIA is, they're great musicians. They're great musicians. A, yeah, they're, they're really good master manipulators, right? That's what we always say is they're master manipulators and deceivers. So. They're not going to put out some horse shit and be like, this is the popular thing. It has to at least be listenable, but it's beyond that. It's It changed the game. The music that came out in the 60s changed the game because it went from Buddy Holly and the 50s and more like soft bubble gummy stuff to smoking weed and getting laid and doing drugs and all that so it changed the narrative for the country and i think that's also why so much dark shit happened around that time because they were changing the culture musically but also in society uh birth control came out and then 
not only did birth control come out that song that was like if you can't be with the one you want be Love with the, the one, one you're with yeah so it's just do, like do, do. and wasn't that drugs. isn't that Cros- crosby stills and nash I think so. Yeah, I think it is. I think in their Laurel Canyon project, you know, just right. Like... So you see what I'm saying? It not only changed music, but it changed culture. And yeah, it went from holding hands to just fucking the one you're with. Yes. Yeah. Going to the the high school dance like in the 50s is just like doo wop shit. I, yep. That music's good too, but it's I not, love that stuff just, too. But it's it's not. not... It's, it's like you said, I mean, it's puppy dog stuff from well, the it's 50s packaged, and... but mm-hmm. it seems like the Laurel Canyon shit is less packaged and come to find out, you know, that old stuff probably was too. I know some stuff about oh god, Sam Cook. I know some stuff about Sam Cook, and I think there was some really awful things going on in the 50s too. But yeah. when you look at the 50s. Even Frankie Valley. I mean, come on. There Wasn't was some he just stuff... straight up mafia? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there was some stuff going on with that, too. But the music what about was different. <sighs> that could be a whole fucking well, episode. Yeah. <laughs> you, you wonder, uh, like, kind of what you're talking about, like how when the 60s music came out, it was, it literally it's a whole new genre of music. Uh, you wonder how much the CIA might have had to do with the bands and stuff in the Canyon because that, that facility on top of Laurel Canyon, lookout mountain. Yeah. It was was literally a propaganda film studio. They literally, they did the films for the atomic bomb blasts and probably the moon all kinds landing. of stuff. So <laughs> they obviously have some sort of production skills. So you wonder if there's some sort of music producer in there that's then working at the studios to then create the music that starts. Yeah. The 60s. Cause I think Rick Rubin is CIA and there had to be a Rick Rubin before Rick Rubin. Like, he stepped into a role that was already there. Like, dude, when I hear that guy go on Joe Rogan, I'm just like, if anybody's eating this shit up, they need to pull their fucking head out of their ass. Because this guy is, like, mesmerizing. He cast a spell. Like, that guy, I don't know. I've always got the creeps from him. But obviously, he knows talent. And Mm -hmm. he has all these activist bands, like fucking System of a Down and, like, the modern ones. But, you know, even... Someone in the chat was even like, this is even like, you know, I guess probably at the same time or earlier, actually. Look at Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra. I was going to bring him up. I was going to say the Rat Pack definitely factors into all this shit. Hardcore. Because uh, well, I think Sammy Davis Jr., wasn't he a Satanist? Crazy and then spider it's like, web If you want to think of them in the, in the plural sense, those would be rats and backwards would be star. Every man and every woman is a star. Well, mm-hmm. you have you have... Frank Sinatra, who was literally got his haircut by Jay Sebring again. Jay, Frank Sinatra literally made Jay Sebring who he was, made him famous, got him his clientele. Sammy Davis Jr. ties in with Anton LaVey. And then Anton LaVey, uh, you have Bobby Beausoleil of the Manson family, yeah. the first murder, Gary Hinman. And, um, he was literally so 
Sammy Davis Jr., Bobby Beausoleil, Anton LaVey. So there's several spiderweb connections right there. Well, I always wonder if Beausoleil would even go into the OTO at that point, too. At all. Well, so, so do you guys think that J.C. bring – he may have, like – because, you know, when you get your hair cut, I don't know how it is for guys because I don't really – I go to barbers sometimes. But, like, if you're seeing, like, a high-profile person, I mean, he may have just overheard things. Like, there's a reason that all those people were offed if they were offed. And J.C. bring mm. he has – he is, like, what Thrash was saying. He just has all these connections. And from Jim Morrison's Prince Valiant haircut to all these other, like Frank Sinatra, wait, wait, you said made him. What's his last name too? Sebring? Sebring. Yeah. S-E-B-R-I-N-G, I think. Oh, I wait like wait till you know. see his logo of his company, NY. Anything to do with uh, water? Uh, You'll see. Um, There's, it's like a, it has to do with Egyptian mythology and stuff. Uh, oh, you know Sebring you know International. It- I wanted to ask all you guys, because uh, we were kind of like talking about like the government being you know, associated with all these like uh, these people and all these bands. Do you think it's quite possible some of them may have actually been like, uh, oh, I guess the way I guess the best way I could explain it, maybe like kind of like Elon Musk, where you're like a private contractor of the government, but not technically in the government. Because oh, like yeah, what you were saying sure. before. What you were saying before, and it's, and I was thinking, and I'll put it this way, the reason why I was wondering about that is because you guys were saying before, like, there was, I do think there was a massive change in just the sound of music mm-hmm. itself, and even the way it was being produced and you were listening to it. I don't think, like, I, I truly believe that the government and scientists know exactly how sound... Oh, like frequencies and stuff? ...affect us. And well, I, I'm sure they've known it for way longer than most people yeah. think that they've known it. Probably Chad before they not. were able to record it. If they came into knowing that and then wanted to start to use it on the population, it could have actually changed the way music sounds because we're going to have to start adding sounds that normally have not been involved in the music. You understand yeah. what I'm getting at? We're going oh, to have totally. to make reasons for it to actually sound this way now. We're yeah. gonna have to create the bands. To do, well, you know, yeah, and think about it, New York. I mean, it it sounds psychedelic. Like if you could a- attach a sound to a visual, if you listen to that one song, that's like da 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 da. What is it? The um <laughs> in the Garden of Eden. Oh baby, yeah, yeah. Baby. But it's like that sounds psychedelic like you can picture in your mind the sound of the song like how did they do that it's so iconic you get a vision in your mind of just from hearing something and i think a lot of it goes with the 440 hertz and all that too they're smoking shit up on us and they're sexualizing music whereas if you went to a dance in the 50s you had to remain like so far apart from your boyfriend and you couldn't be you know lovey-dovey on each other but then we hit the 60s and everybody's doing drugs and fucking in the streets how how did we get here also a lot of these guys had the same band in the studio it was the wrecking crew the birds and crosby stills and nash didn't even know how to fucking play their instruments when they made their first couple albums the doors do stand out because i think all those guys actually were playing in the studio they did bring in a bass player but the wrecking crew was this studio band 
that was probably put together by whoever was orchestrating all this. And they literally just get like a tiny small print credit. And then these bands sucked when they were alive, but they had Vito. What was his last name? He had the freaks and the, like it was the birth of the go-go dancers basically. Mm -hmm. And that's why everybody went to these concerts to get freaky. They didn't give a fuck that the music sounded like shit. They were all on psychedelics anyway. So it probably sounded good to them, but yeah, it just, so they could easily, the wrecking crew could have just been like highly trained in different sounds to, make this change because before them i don't know i don't know what like a studio band was like yeah and you know vito polikas his baby son died really uh he was like five viciously now i've actually seen more now since i've been looking into it again that he was probably three yeah because well, didn't they say they were all on acid and he fell through a roof or something yeah they say that they say a lot of things. They say that they used to pass him around at parties, kind of like yeah, a, he, just a party favor, like here, yeah. take him and do what you will. Yeah. Three year old little baby. And a lot of people recall that he was given acid and then fell through the sky yeah. to his death. Some people say that they were having a weird, freaky photo shoot that went wrong and he died. Well, he um, was also in that Kenneth Anger film, but was replaced yeah, by. He was. Yeah. Yes, he was. Which I always thought that was weird. A three-year-old kid is replaced by an adult man in they a movie. They replaced him with Bobby Beausoleil. Yeah, of the Manson <laughs> Give me family. a fucking break. Uh, That's so Lucifer weird. Rising, right? Lucifer Rising. Kenneth yeah, Arangus and, and, had so many. Now that dude's a whole other story. He uh, was also involved with the Rolling Stones. Now, the one guy that before... They kicked him out. What was his name? His name was Brian. Brian, Brian Jones. Brian Jones got off too. 27 yeah, he, Club. He was one of the first of that era. Into the, I mean, if you count Robert Johnson, Brian Jones would have been the second guy. Yes. And he, what, fell in the pool mysteriously and drowned to death? Come yeah, on. Was, yeah. And he, he was like starting to get into Satanism as well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, their like greatest hits album, I think that came out at the time. There's like some, I think they're all lined. They're like, like in a pentagram. I think they're the members, but then there's something else weird that they say, like kind of like, is like giving a hint towards his death. Like they killed him. Right. I'll have to look that up because I'm sure as shit that they probably did. They, they were ready to get rid of him. And, um, and he was the sound of the band initially, mm-hmm. like like their bluesy sound that. that they had. Yeah, they totally switched it up because fucking uh, Keith Richards is a rhythm guitarist. Brian Jones was talented as fuck, and well, they had this real, real, yeah. But they just had this raw bluesy sound that they lost after they kicked him out. They don't really care though. Because no. they knew that they could replace him and they'd go along well, and be fine. They made it big after the sound changed anyway. Yeah, so. see? So they they don't give a shit about that. And I also want to say real quick on Paul Ekes that he ended up cousin-in-laws with the Rockefellers via right. him. So his cousin, Eva, married a Rockefeller. So he became cousin-in-laws with the Rockefellers. And 
if that's not by design, I fucking don't know what the fuck is. How does well? It's this... just there's there's just so small circles. I think that they have to overlap. Like the people at the top, there's just not a lot of them. The talking they... top, like rock. No, not the top. top. Not the well. Yeah, I would say that the people who are or- orchestrating the Laurel Canyon scene were definitely at the Rockefeller level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. It's just interesting to me how they tried to hide that. that... Well. Didn't like fucking Jim Morrison go to school with, uh, was it Mama Koss or like, yeah, there's all these, yeah, there's all these did. people that were going to like elementary school together because their parents are on the military and they're on these she bases. She did go to school with, she went to school with the lead singer from the Mamas and the Papas, John Phillips, and she went to school with Jim Morrison as well. And they acted like after they got big that they never knew each other, but they yeah. all went to school together and grew up together. So fuck off. You guys knew each other your whole fucking lives. And they said, like, John Phillips was in a bar one day and Mama Cass was a a server at the restaurant and she was cleaning tables and she couldn't really sing that well. But one day she got bonked on the head by a pipe and then she just started singing like fucking Adele. And they were like, like yeah, we're going to put so dramatic. Come on, give me a fucking break. They knew each other since they were kids. And then you find out later that John Phillips from the Mamas and the Papas was in a 10-year incestuous sexual relationship with his own daughter. Yeah, the chick in American Graffiti. Love that movie, by the way. Yeah, she's the young girl driving around in the white car with the yeah, the the horse face girl with the big busty. She's like (laughs) the yellow hot rod. (laughs) Yellow. I said white. Yes. Yeah, there's that other lady that drives the white car, I think. That's like what's throughout the whole movie that blind chick, and that one guy thinks she's like, I need to watch flirting with him the whole time, but he's like chasing her through town the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that was uh, the Dreyfus guy, he was chasing the chick and actually went on the wolf man and was asking for a request hey tell her to meet me at the airport tomorrow morning she calls him at the airport yeah you're cute but uh not my type bye (laughs) after he spent all night chasing her (laughs) um i did want to shout out to a we do have Carl Hassel in the chat, and he's been dropping some good stuff. Uh, he did mention uh, he said that he was in a, I think, a movie. Shit, I already lost it. I think uh, he was said that he was in a movie with Tuesday Will in 1978. What was the movie? Uh, uh, let me see. It's, uh, Carl was in the movie. I was in a movie with Tuesday Will in 78. That's all he said. <laughs> Carl, if you're still oh, in wow. the chat, let us know what movie it was. But yeah. Let us know if she had B.O. Because that bitch stinks of black magic. <laughs> That's the double B.O. Yeah. That shit's pungent. Oh, man. Tuesday's uh, gone with the wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I was saying... There's some more stuff that's happened since the glory days of the canyon. You know, these are just the highlights. And for more in-depth details, you know, of course, you can check out my episode or all three of them on the Laurel Canyon. But these are kind of like the highlights. And I know you ha- you guys have dove into a little bit more recent stuff. But there was one other thing that I wanted to point out, which was the uh, 
the Rolling Stones. I don't remember what the name of the park was, but it was like a was state this park. The, the Hell's Angels Altamont. and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, Altamont Park. And they just let everybody go in willy-nilly for free. And this was the night that someone was stabbed to death. And the Hell's Angels were the security for this concert. And they say that this dude was either trampled to death or it was very tra- Travis Scotty kind of how they described the- oh, how wow. this Yeah, how this guy did. De- oh, well, he was trampled or he got too close to the stage and everybody just kind of ran him over. But no, he was stabbed to death with upward strokes, meaning someone stabbed him repeatedly to inflict death upon him. So yeah, he wasn't trampled. And then the guy that they took to court, the Hell's Angel that they accused of murdering this guy, he was found two weeks after the trial floating down a river with like a thousand bucks in his pocket. So for sure he was paid off to do this to this guy. But also there was a lot of footage from the the concert that was confiscated out of people's homes their homes were broken into and raided and nothing else was taken other than the footage from that night. And the only surviving footage that we have has been so severely altered and the timeline has been shifted and songs were put in and out of place. And this guy did not die during the song Under My Thumb. As they always try to say, he died during the song Under My Thumb. He actually died during the song Sympathy for the Devil. And he was stabbed to death by a hell's angel. And we later find in the song American Pie. Are you familiar with it? Movie? That the song American Pie. Like, yeah. Yeah. The the day the music died or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. I think he mentions uh, Janis Joplin. This guy that died at the Rolling Stones concert. And... He mentions something else. Do you remember from my episode what I said he mentioned in there? I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. He for sure mentioned you Janis one- Joplin, though, and he for sure mentioned the guy who died at this the concert. And let me see. Doesn't he mention Tuesday? He, I think he does. That he, might. I, I'm pretty sure one. it was a very vague reference with her. Um, but I'm googling. Oh yeah, there's so many right of them. Now. All right, so oh yeah, he oh, mentions Helter Skelter. So he's talking about the Manson murders. He's talking about Janis Joplin, and he's talking about this concert. Okay, so the lyrics go. And as I watched him on the stage, my hands were clenched in fists of rage. No angel born in hell could break that Satan's spell. And as the flames climbed high into the night to light the sacrificial rite, I saw Satan laughing with delight the day the music died. In as a direct reference to the guy who was stabbed up at the concert. Wow. So again, these are black magic rituals sacrificial in my rite. opinion. Yeah. 
And then with the Tuesday connection and the Anton LaVey connection and the Mama Cass and the Manson murders, tell me there's not something underlining that's connecting all of these assholes. Mm. Real quick, I just want to throw this in there. Uh, Carl answered back. He was in Who Will Stop the Rain? I am in scene seven, he says. Awesome. Yes. So. Did he say anything about the BO, though? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ask Carl what her fucking BO smelled like. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a lot of information at one time, but it's all worth looking into. And it just, once you uncover one thing, it leads to another thing, leads to another thing, leads to three episodes on the same topic. And <laughs> I just, uh, I, I find it highly interesting that it's not talked about more. And I wish actually that David McGowan would have done a documentary on this instead of. I wish he would have went and fucking died. I know. That's Son if, of a we, bitch. if we. Yeah. If we still I think I think around, they got he'd that be guy. Blown the roof off of Dude, he was doing some fucking work on some other stuff when, mm -hmm. around the time he died. He got that fast acting cancer. You know that CIA good shit. Yeah, he got the CIA. He got that Bob Marley strain of cancer. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you ever Bob wonder if a lot of a lot of weird stuff was going on over there because like maybe like People who were involved in like certain like I wouldn't say projects, but like again, like maybe being used. It was just like we'll just put him here so we can keep an eye on him. Well, um, I think if your parents are Jehovah's Witnesses, you're a Jehovah's Witness until you learn something else when you get older in life and you're breaking out on your own. Case in point, Jim Morrison. I think that his dad said, "This is what you're going to do." And he did it until one day he was like, fuck you guys. And they had dirt on the dad, too, because you don't just give yeah. your son up to the no. fucking machine. I mean, that, that's the thing, too. You're, you're raised to almost be inducted into this type of cult, if you will. It is a cult. I mean, they all knew each other since they were kids. And their parents well, all hung out together. I was reading a book about Shirley Temple a long time ago, and she was talking about how she went into this room with the producer and she didn't get into details about what happened, but then she came out and told her mom about it. And her mom said, Oh, she should, should have seen what they did to me. And it's <laughs> oh just like, God. I think that story right there is just encapsulates the way it works. Yeah, is, yeah. It's like a systematic cycle of abuse. They disassociate these people, which I, when I, when I have the mic, I want to get into Courtney love. Because I think that she is modern day Laurel Canyon, and yeah, she even, Laurel Canyon 2.0 right there. She even the goes back because yeah. to uh, that same era, but in San Francisco, which is this. It was like because Laurel Canyon was the breeding ground for the hippie movement, but then it went into MK Ultra, into the the Acid Test, and Ken Kesey, and Tim mm -hmm. Leary, and the Grateful Dead, and Courtney Love's dad managed the grateful dead when they were still the warlocks and all that so it all ties together they just had like these different spots around the country they were using to do this yeah that whore of babylon fucking spread her legs to anybody who would have her i actually feel horrible i mean for because 
I don't know. Do you guys are you guys ready to move on into present day? Yeah, sure. Do we want to wrap up on Laurel Canyon at all? Uh, Crash. I kind of wanted to say something about Morrison a little bit. Uh, now, when I read a lot of Morrison stuff when I was younger, now he always, I mean, at least it talks about in the book. It always claims that he like hated his dad, like he wanted yeah. to like kill him and shit. Kill him and then is, fuck his mom. It, yeah, and he, and even the the drummer. I think the drummer of the Doors. It might have been the guitar player, but he did like an interview not too long ago, and he said like, he, yeah, he had like a sexual attraction to his mom, and when he would oh that was real take LSD trips that he would see her face in the moon. Think about that. Now think about. John Phillips having an incestuous relationship with his daughter for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing, oop, before we move on to present day, gotta say this. Jackson Brown, born in Germany, dad was in the OSS, right? Somebody else who was involved with these idiots in the Laurel Canyon, John motherfucking Denver, who is German, yeah, yeah. whose dad, <laughs> New York... <laughs> John Denver, that's fucking awesome. Dude, he's, he's one of them. It's hard to fucking swallow. Yeah, it is, but get this. So his last name is actually like Duchendorfen or something like that. <laughs> it is. It is. He's his name is John Duchendorfen, but he just went by John. It doesn't Denver. just roll off the tongue quite as easy as John Denver. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's douching his dorfin. Yo, it's not even was... a surprise. Like... Listen. His dad was in the military and worked on the Walker Air Force Base, previously known as Roswell Air Force Base, and was working there during the time of the Roswell crash, motherfuckers. And then John Denver grows up to be one of the most iconic folk music singers of all time. And John Denver was a nominee or whatever he was one of the few people that were selected to go on the first citizen space trip on the oh, challenger yeah 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 but last minute they were like no john denver we don't want you to go on this space flight six minutes later kaboom fucking sparks blowing off fucking thing crashing in the middle of the sky and all the fucking people got roasted in their seats and they Dude, all had identical brain. twins by the way every single person had an identical twin because they're all alive still have you seen that shit but think about that no it's i think it's from your show i heard all that it's got to be they all kind of blend that together. That they have identical twins? No, that John Denver was going to be on the challenge. Oh, yeah. No, I covered yeah, yeah. all of that in yeah. an episode just on John Denver because his family and he himself were all involved in the military and NASA. And he actually received a bunch of medals and awards from NASA. He worked with two different presidents. He worked with... Uh, Fuck them all. But he worked with two different presidents. And he also, he did some type of humanitarian thing where he got himself on the board of this Von Braun thing. And he was one mm. of the presidents of this 
SpaceX, but like not SpaceX, how we would know it as SpaceX. It was like the precursor to SpaceX. And he was on the board of presidents for that group. And we're talking about a, a country folk singer. Is he dead? Holy shit. Uh, yeah, he, they, he probably said he was going to spout some shit off and they crashed his plane. I think all these motherfuckers go into hiding when they die. You think so? A lot of them. I don't know. I think they do kill some of them. I think it, it works both ways. Like, I'm done. I want out. You do your last sacrifice or whatever to, to exit the game. Uh, I think then, some have actually just fulfilled their job and influenced humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And then some of them are like, I'm going to spill the beans and they get wag the dog. They get Dustin Hoffman's character at the end of that movie. You know, mm. it's like, uh, oh, he's going to talk. You know, they make the phone call. The screen fades to black. You don't need to know it. You just know what right. happened. Yeah. But, they all go to the other side of the, the, the ice wall. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> no, I, I interviewed this guy at the end of last year. His name's John Gusty, and he was in the music scene. He used to be a musician, and then his wife got sick, and he transitioned into, like, the production side of things. And I had a hell of a conversation with this guy. He's, he's awesome. He has all this knowledge, but at the end, I just asked him if there was, like, anything he wanted to say before he got off. And he starts talking about fucking drink people drinking blood and people playing different characters he's like you know there's this musician you'll see his face and you'll hear his voice but that's not who that guy is and that guy playing that guy also plays other guys he's like, like Millie vanilli no like fucking you know the rumor that morgan freeman is Jimi hendrix and that oh, kind for of shit. God's sake. Well, you know, like Bill Hicks is fucking Alex Jones. See, he's using these <laughs> in, as examples, but he's like, I've seen this with my own eyes, and he didn't give me names. He's just like, oh, that's interesting. I know. I want to get him back on. Mm. And if any of you guys want to talk to him, I could put you in. I mean, he's he was a trip. But I think that, yeah, sometimes they die. Sometimes they got to go. But mm. John Denver... John Denver was old and useless when they crashed his plane. I think he did. Get, I think so. He even right, took. But his, you said he was involved with NASA, right? Yes, he was very much. So, so. It's some Von Braun thing, like. Uh, yes, he was like on. So Von Braun started this SpaceX type of uh, group, and they were all advocates for space and blah blah blah. And I think Elon Musk just got the Von Braun Award from this group that John Denver was the president of. And it's all just super fucking suspicious. And even going further into it, I didn't even get into the actors. Like, I didn't even get into Jack Nicholson. I didn't know oh, Jack get Nicholson into is. Uh, oh, yeah. You got to talk about him, though, because he to me in that book. He's the one that I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? He didn't even know who his mom was till he's 37. Nope. He thought he thought his his grandma was his mom and he thought his mom was his was sister. sister. Till he's like, 37. Just like who though? The serial killer. Which one is Ted it? Bundy. Ted Bundy? Yeah. Just like Ted Bundy. They yeah. might be the same. I mean, there was they, no there is no record that exists of Jack Nicholson's birth. Yeah. Doesn't have he's he's like underground baby. Yeah, <laughs> he could have been an or like one of the last of the orphan trainers. Wow, know, like. yeah, yeah, it's crazy though. We need it? to get Matt in here. <laughs> yeah, 
It is crazy because he like he's an easy writer. He actually was he exited the dream of being an actor and he became a producer. But then Easy Rider happened. They just threw him that role because Rip Torn was unavailable. Rip Torn was supposed to play Jack Nicholson's character in Easy Rider. But Jack have Nicholson you watched Easy Rider. Easy Rider is one of my most favorite movies of all time. It's like when I find out about this shit. That was one of the heartbreaks. The Doors, wow. Easy Rider. Um. <laughs> the Easy Rider is one of the best movies ever made. And it's like mm-hmm. not as gorilla as I thought it was. It's it's totally a CIA movie. It is. It's, it's all the way. Strong. It's a Laurel. It's yeah. Fucking, yeah. But it's so fucking good. And the soundtrack is 100% Laurel Canyon. Well, a lot of movies that I love, the whole soundtrack is Laurel Canyon. That's why it's so hard for me to cover stuff like this. And I love John Denver. I will die on that hill. I love John Denver. But the thing is, I think he was tapped into some shit. I really well, truly I do. He was involved with NASA because I really do think just my this is just my honest opinion. I do think there's magic like involved or like, you know, like that's what NASA really is about. And why did he change his name to Denver? <laughs> Yeah, so, like, can you trust anything that you see? Hmm? You know, like you were saying before, Colby, how like these people are still alive. If I'm if if I believe NASA is involved in magic, I can't trust what the fuck they throw on the TV. The way they mm-hmm. present Princess it. Princess Die is still alive. To tell, tell you the truth, NASA and the word Nazi, I think both of them. Well, magic. I mean, they're all old Nazis. Both of them right? have like, magic yeah. behind it, and you cannot go by what you're presented. You have to question. What is NASA? Is that an acronym for something? I could make something yeah. up real quick. It'd do it. I want to see. I want to see how far yeah. you go with this. But no, before I do that, I also wanted to say though that uh, his manager was. I wish maybe I still have the fucking notes on it that I was working on. Thrash looks like he's like finding the cure for cancer down there. Did you find something? <laughs> oh, NASA is national. I, I was Airbus. looking to see at the elevation his plane crashed because his name's Denver. I was thinking maybe it was oh, like a mile high. Dude, I love the way I love the way <laughs> oh, your mind works. That's great. It was three three hundred and fifty to five hundred feet. He crashed at the exact coordinates that they give in uh, Close Encounters, which is where the Denver International Airport is now. Supposed to, it's supposed to be fucking in like into that dreamland thing of tunnels. That's why I was wondering, like, why Denver? Well, if your last name's Duschendorfen, why do you just go to John? Yeah, Denver? they called his dad, who was a colonel, they called him Dutch. So I don't I don't know where he got Denver from, other than that he loved Colorado. Oh, maybe this who you know, it could be like like, yeah, he also running his name with Gematria, and that could have made a difference. But if we're talking about how they're all involved in magic, New York, think about yeah. this. The first song that put him on the map, the first song that he ever wrote was called Leaving on a Jet Plane. And he talks about how he's so lonely he could die. And then he dies lonely in a fucking jet plane. And the first time he performed that song was with the fucking high priestess, which her fucking self, Mama Cass. And they were on this program telling people how they need to go vote. So they're influencing the government. They're influencing just that one program. 
where they're introducing John Denver for the first time ever with the first song he ever wrote that ends up being the way that he dies and he performs it with Mama Cass. Fucking A. So that's why I asked, like, would you be surprised if he's still alive? Because if it's all scripted. But it's still all shitty and fucked up. This is interesting. All right. If you put John Denver in Matria, um, John Denver in English Sumatria, 690. Uh, you could take out the zero and leave the six nine, and that would be that would be the like uh, the keystone to the Freemasons, uh, cancer. <coughs> and that, my my opinion, is actually like death that's the death and then the rebirth into the abyss. Um, so you get that with you know, six, uh, you get John Denver 690. So I could see that. Representing uh, death, Denver in uh, in English Demetria. This will get like a little bit confusing. You may not understand it, but it's four oh eight. That is four would be the prince. No, sorry, the eight would be the prince, and then the four would be the king. That is specifically male spheres, and that would be under Denver, and then under uh, prince as in prince of the air, and he died in a plane. Um, hold on. And then John in uh in English Jamatria would be two eight two, and that is still male energy as well. Two would be like chokemo, that would be like raw, that would be like a my opinion, like if you had an electrical cord and you cut <laughs> off the end of it and you just had electric shooting out of it, that would be like two. That would be like raw male explosive destruction energy in a sense, maybe. So you know, I see I see a lot of male energy, and I've said before, even when I covered uh, uh, that Nashville shooting, um, you'll see a lot of male energy numbers. In my opinion, when it comes to death, because I do think that is in a sense like the beast. In a sense, is the male energy, and the scarlet whore is the female energy. Um, when there's too much of one or either one, there's a problem, and when there's too much of the beast, you get death. Damn. I mean, that makes fucking sense. There was a lot of 33s and 3s that surrounded John Denver, too. It was like 33 million albums and 33 this and 30 this, 3 this, 3 that. And I thought that was interesting, too. And he died 30 years after he performed like some kind of concert in the Laurel Canyon. So... You know, it's interesting. Eric just said, if this this is correct, his plane was responsible for 61 accidents. Like I even just mentioned in again with the Nashville shooting, you had 60, 60 and 61. Like the Mm -hmm. six. And I did go back and think that that was the 666 for even though there was a 61 in there. That would be when you could be starting to catapult to death. To cross into the abyss. So like even the 60s, like even all these numbers all like fit yeah. like going towards the abyss. It's always sixes and threes and nines, dude. Six, three, nine, like Tesla. Well, like, Tesla, you yeah. Have, like, removal of like a lot of female energy in a sense. Like if you're going into spirit, you're going to remove some of the fe- female energy around you. Yeah, fucking time. Sorry, Julia. I I hit you up about this New York uh, a couple weeks ago, but after researching the Laurel Canyon stuff, I went. I wanted to expand on it, but in a different way. So I hit all of the cults and serial killers coming out of the '60s, and 
kind of a lot of them were in California, not necessarily Laurel Canyon, but this was such a decade, the 60s, where we have cults, mass suicides, serial killers, and the hippie movement. And you think you know what's yourself- really interesting? Just real quick, Fellowship of Friends, they weren't near Laurel Canyon. But this again, we'll even go back to how I was talking about understanding how music was used. Mm-hmm. Fellowship of Friends did have a musical program in there, and I'd even had somebody on my show who understood it and stuff. It, it was like like we even covered how they showed that there was octaves and they inserted certain things into their musical lessons to m- manipulate them through sound and music. Mm-hmm. So again, like you even have a cult over in California, may not be near Laurel Canyon, that's already manipulating people through sound. And this is going back like, you know, I think they're around like 70s or 80s and started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was just going to say, as it turns out, a lot of serial killers involved in the military. Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, David Berkowitz, BTK, all military. And there was even this guy who came out of the 60s. His name was Andrea Pucharic, and he partnered up with this guy named Yuri Geller. And they, Yuri Geller was in the Israeli army, and Andrea Pucharic worked at Edgewood Arsenal with Frank Zappa's dad. What the fuck? You start putting these pieces together. It's not a jigsaw puzzle, but it's it's close to that. You know, you might not understand how the pieces fit together, but it's part of a larger story. For fucking sure. Oh, those those two guys are like highly well known for like, you know, uh, astral travel and all weird stuff. Yeah, they were channeling some spirits, demons. Julia, did you read The Ultimate Evil? No, what the oh. fuck is this? So, uh, if you watch Netflix, and I don't know what it's called, but it's just one of the most recent Son of Sam documentaries. Oh, I've done like a deep dive on Berkowitz, man. Uh, okay, so the guy that, that was really obsessed with it, tying it to the, the cults, and he tied it all the way to San Francisco and Manson. Yeah, that's his that's his book, Ultimate Oh, Evil. that's so awesome. That's the, the Netflix show that just came out like two or three wow. years ago. It was based on that, but the book's way better, and that is what influenced uh, McGowan to write Program to Kill, which I'm sure you read really? that. Really? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I've read Program to Kill, yeah, but so, I didn't know that's what influenced it. So he he just piggybacked on that dude's research. Oh, like what you're, like what you're doing with McGowan. Yeah, like yeah, passing on yeah. the torch. So yes. yeah, this, this is two torch passes behind you. And <laughs> I would recommend reading that because he really literally ties it to Jolly West and Marilyn Manson, or Marilyn Manson get back to but charles manson yeah and, you, know, you want to hear something what? real quick uh you mentioned you mentioned yuri geller before right puharik was also involved with the council of nine which was like a fucking cult in itself yes he was that's why and, i talked about him in my cult episode oh shit and like <laughs> he and and he was involved with like the cia and like the, the yes Army, he was the he pentagon was the mm-hmm and he like he's, he's, he's associated with, with Yuri Geller. Then. Like, it's like I don't they know. were besties. He actually studied Yuri Geller because he claimed he could move things without touching them and bend spoons. And so he wanted to study Yuri Geller. And then they decided 
that they were actually in contact, what they said, they were in contact with an AI extraterrestrial force surrounding Earth that they called Spectra. And they were fucking cult leaders. You know, there was there was somebody who was there was a Russian woman. I can't remember the name of the family that was in that council of nine that connects to uh, Oswald. Okay, Fuck. well, I don't fucking know about that, but shit. Yeah, you know, this, this shit actually goes deep. If you like Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. That's what you're saying? Okay. Wow. Yeah, and then, uh, I think and they were, they were also West. Like, I, I don't know if it was like the Folgers or DuPont, but like some Ooh. sort of famous name that like you would know from the supermarket was also into this guy's shit. Like there was oh. rich, famous people involved with this fucking guy. Yeah, and then yes. the Council of Nine with those people. It's fucking wild. It's definitely a rabbit hole. What were you saying, Thrash? Um, Jolly West. Uh, he he was a psychiatrist for um, uh, the guy who killed. Oswald, what's his name? Jack Ruby. Yeah, Jack, Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. And yeah, he, he he's the last one to see that motherfucker sane. He literally hypnotized him and gave him sodium pentothal, and l- basically put a bunch of memories into his brain and made him think like there was people dying outside of his jail cell and they were torturing people and 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 specifically he said like they were killing jewish people outside and oh and they just to make him look insane yeah i think he gave him a thumbprint of lsd you know the, you remember the thumbprint it was like the grateful dead you put oh, crystallized yeah. ass i because dude he walked into that cell jack ruby was fucking 100 percent fine he was going to testify about why he shot oswald okay i didn't want uh jackie to have to go through a trial and yeah. then Jolly West goes in there and the guy's fucking brain is garbage after that. Garbage. Wow. And he loved LSD. That was his favorite tool. So yeah, killed an elephant with it. Yeah. That is him, isn't it? I forgot yeah. about that one. Shit. I covered some information on Lee Harvey Oswald connected to NASA too. Um, I did a, a, a <laughs> I did an episode on New Orleans because I feel like there's a lot of really shady shit coming out of New Orleans. And there's this uh, coffee company. It was called Riley's Coffee Company in New Orleans that Lee Harvey Oswald was supposedly working at before the assassination. So this researcher guy was like, well, I'm going to go to this Riley's Coffee Company and I'm going to interview these people that worked with him and I'm going to just see what they have to say. So... He jumps in the car, he drives all the way to New Orleans, he gets to Riley's Coffee Company, and he's like, yeah, hey, I just wanted to ask you some questions about Lee Harvey Oswald. And as it turns out, every single employee that worked at Riley's Coffee Company with Lee Harvey Oswald no longer worked there, and they were now under the employ of NASA. So you tell me how you go from a coffee company warehouse worker to under the employ of nasa i mean maybe i'm wrong but i don't think coffee beans are fucking rocket science how do you go such a dramatic change in your career that's fucking wild yeah and he like uh 
there's like evidence that he was he was uh training with like anti castro like uh like a basically like hit squads like learning how to like invade cuba and then take out castro which again the cia that's what they've been planning for since like the 50s or early 60s fuck they're all fucking satan worshipers I'm thinking maybe this coffee company that you're talking about might have been what I was thinking of, where it was like supposedly like some famous known like kind of like a product that you would find in a store. Yeah, could be like the Folgers thing for all I know. I just tying back the... to the Manson killings too, because Folgers, well, right? Yeah. She mm -hmm. was she was the heiress. Abigail fucking yeah. Folgers, which coffee's full of poison, by the way. So. Just it's saying. also racist. We just discovered on our other show, like a cup of white supremacy. Yeah, apparently, you should look oh, it up. Shit. It's a whole article. I don't you know. know I drink mushroom like, coffee. Just real quick, and then maybe whatever we can go into something else if you want. Uh, I was even saying, like with coffee before. Uh, I don't know if you guys do have any of you ever seen Twin Peaks. Oh, I love Twin Peaks. Damn good, damn fine cup of coffee. I do think the coffee cup. Especially when styrofoam is is the the black sun. I do think that well, when is he like, goes when he goes into the black lodge, you remember it like solidifies and he can't pour it out. There's something to, David Lynch. He even goes into Mulholland Drive with which is like right adjacent to Laurel Canyon. Mulholland Drive. He's trying to tell us something in that movie. And Twin Dude, Peaks. Yeah, that was his Mulholland first platform. Drive. That's a yeah. whole nother yeah. rabbit hole. If that is representing that symbol, death would be associated with that. So I could see how coffee would be poisonous if you're trying to use it for that. Ref like, I, I see that all making sense. Like, to me, I could see an occultist owning a coffee or a wine company just straight off of occult symbolism itself. Mm hmm. Yeah, there was some research I did connecting um, Houdini to Laurel Canyon. There was some yeah. research I did connecting. Um, I did Houdini, and then I did. Oh, I revealed who the murder of the Black Dahlia is connected to the Laurel Canyon. <laughs> so that's the uh, guys. Help me out, uh, Odell. What? Oh, what is I the last name? Yeah, Doctor Doctor Hodel. Yeah, Hodel. Yeah, the Hodel family in connection with. Laurel Canyon and that photographer named Man Ray and yeah, yeah. so yeah, if that, you think go ahead yeah that whole his house Dr. Hodel's George it was that's what his name George was Dr. Hodel George and his Hodel. son is Steve I think mm -hmm. Steve Hodel yeah I I got into his books like because he like claims his dad is the Zodiac killer and all kinds of crazy stuff, but his, his house growing up, uh, it, it it's literally mimics a, a Mayan temple. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. It had like a ziggurat, like you'd see in Babylonian times. And yeah. there was, uh, the reason why I got, I put that into my second Laurel Canyon episode is because the person who John Phillips goes on to marry basically was raised by this George Hodel and his older daughter was like a mother type figure to her. 
And um, she, this, this girl uh, admitted that she was having incestuous relationships with George Hodel. And these are the people who influenced Michelle Phillips, who married John Phillips from the Mamas and the Papas. So again, <laughs> is there anything else that's not connected to Laurel Canyon? It's just mind blowing. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. is. Yeah, but if and, you guys uh, want to talk about the modern stuff, I'll turn yeah, the floor yeah. over to you. Yeah, if any of you want to add anything else, we could just wrap it up there. It's up to you. We're already at like an hour and 24 minutes. So, is there anything? Uh, well, exciting, I, I, anything that you I, I, I wanted to talk about Courtney Love. Go for it. Go for it. I'm, I don't. I don't know how fast I could do it, but I could. Uh, I could give. I could give the condensed minutes. Version. Twenty minutes. You think you could do that? Oh sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and cut in too because it's she's kind of a spider web in herself, which I kind of briefly mentioned earlier was that God her mom I forget her first name but she was her last name was Carol which that's a dynasty you know. Uh, Lewis Carroll and there's so many others. And I don't know if she was related to all those, but she was adopted by some rich people. She ended up hooking up with Hank Harrison, who was the manager of the warlocks that would go on to become the grateful dead. So this ties back into MK ultra and the, the acid tests were going on in San Francisco, right around the time Laurel Canyon was peaking and Courtney love was the child of these two people that were right in the middle of all this. I think that her mom actually was a merry prankster with Ken Kesey and all those guys that would go around the country in that freaky bus. But her dad kind of broke off from the scene. I don't know if he was, if he just kind of was grossed out by it, but he tried to get custody of Courtney love. And because the mom's parents were so rich, they paid the lawyer of Hank Harrison off. And so he threw the case. So he wasn't allowed to see her at all, but Courtney love got thrown into the system really early. She was seeing psychotherapists at the age of two or three. And if you look at some of her biographies, she talks about being molested as young as two or three. And she ends up like going into this system, like in the juvenile juvenile delinquent system when she was like 13 she starts writing letters to her dad saying that she was being raped by her doctors. And at that time she ends up over in Asia and she's working tricks for like the fucking both Taiwanese and the Japanese mafia. And she's just at that point disassociating, you know how these like beta sex kittens do. And mm -hmm. she's starting to fucking become one of those. So her story probably starts when she reconnects with her father when he was living in Dublin. And she shows up with a thousand hits of LSD and a fucking CIA handler named Stephen O'Leary. And this guy has a brother named Kevin O'Leary. And I cannot for the life of me figure out if this is the guy that does Shark Tank. But Courtney Love is in so many pictures with that dude. So I that's just a little side tidbit. And so anyway, she gets balls deep into the music scene in London and she starts handing acid out to these musicians in Liverpool. And 
She's sleeping with one of the members of the Pogues. She's hanging out with Flock of Seagulls. Like, this is like old school bands in that area. Yeah, and, and then they ran so far away because <laughs> that bitch was fucking crazy. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> well, then she comes back to the States. She ends up in Portland and she kind of infiltrates the music scene there, starts handing out acid. But at this point, she's starting to like get into heroin too. And then she ends up down in LA to get back into the Laurel Canyon scene. And she really kind of makes her mark there before she ends up in Seattle. When she ends up in Seattle, she hooks up with Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. And I don't know if you guys are fans of Hole, the band Hole that Courtney no. loves lead singer of. So no, but the the isn't he in the Twenty Seven Club? Who one? Somebody from her band is in the Twenty Seven Club. But anyway, oh, it, it would it would probably be the bass player. She ends up dying after Kurt Cobain died. Okay, and, that's who. Yeah, it, it's very suspicious. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to remember her name. It's like. Kristen Frapp or something like that? Yes, I mentioned her in an episode because I was just covering random people who are in the 27 Club, and that band came I up. I didn't even I know like, she was 27. Yeah, yeah, That's she nutty. is. She yeah. should definitely be in there because, funny enough, when Kurt cleaned up, this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but he cleaned up before he you know, got off, and he was going to start a band with her. They kind of had oh. a crush on each other. She, yeah, she had a band in Minnesota where she was from called Janitor Joe, and she was going to go back there, but she just wanted to get out and like let the dust settle with uh, Kurt and Courtney's divorce. And yeah, things didn't go quite as planned. But anyway, so Billy Corgan wrote all the hits that Hole put out. Like, uh, I don't know if you get NY, you know, Frantic Missy. Yes. Yeah, so she's the one who's told me that and sure enough fucking billy corgan did write all the hits for whole <laughs> so uh sh to me this just harkens back to laurel canyon because you have this woman has cia connections all the way back to the fucking age of two years old she's mm -hmm. put into the system she's sexually abused she's made to disassociate and you know a lot of these people are trained assassins and i don't in the end, she did assassinate like a whole generation, but she, <laughs> I don't know if she ever really like had to pull the trigger, but she did for sure shift the grunge movement away from like the grunge movement. I kind of liken it to the, the hip hop of the nineties. Like it started out fun and kind of like a little way to get away from the mainstream. And then it just got dark as fuck. And it was all about like death yeah, and it wasn't like that at first, but Courtney Love is right in the middle of that transition. And it's almost like the CIA or whoever picked these talented musicians. And I think they honed in on Kurt Cobain early on and they kind of steered Courtney Love to him because they went to a party, her and Billy Corgan. She fucking disappeared from Billy Corgan. And that's basically when they started dating Kurt and Courtney. And the story goes that they like bonded over the same kind of cough syrup they were drinking that night. Wow, like, they were... oh, you, you have well, I think the tamale guy's here, he comes on Fridays. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you know, I did want to just mention real quick, uh, you were saying about uh, bass player Kristen, however, you say her last name, she was 27. You are correct for sure, she was 27 and she uh, was from Buffalo, New York. 
Yeah, nice. no, I, I remember That's really finding weird. that. Too, her husband and then her, both at 27. 27, yes. I thought that was so crazy. It's quite an age to be. Male and female? Like, I don't mm -hmm. know. Both involved with the same whore of Babylon? Yeah. Yeah, so I just yeah, think I mean, she's even... an example of, like, how they still have mm -hmm. a hold of the reins of, like, the music and what gets popular and what message is pushed because they literally pushed heroin through grunge. Whether the musicians that did it or not were aware that's what they are doing, that's what they were doing. And Yeah, I mean, that's why Lady Gaga owns Frank Zappa's Laurel Canyon house now, and she's all LGBT cut your dick off cues and the thing is it's like if you watch the movie a star is born you'll see how they try to include in that movie lady gaga was just talented right and she wasn't really pushing anything but in order to get to that superstardom level you have to pay the fiddler and i think that's exactly what she did well, what about like, like Lena Morgana that died? Yeah, I mean, I think her... that's definitely got something to do with it. I don't know. I've heard that story in two different ways. I've heard somebody talk about it on my show, and then I heard somebody else talking about it, and they told it in a different way. So now I question whether or not that's real. It could just be some conspiracy candy. I think, yeah, I think it might be uh, some just some fodder. Well, you don't even need to look at that when you look. Her connection to Marina Bramovich is mm -hmm. just all I need to fucking know. How she well, put now her in that? That's yeah, that's different. That yeah. that shit can almost be validated at this point. They talk about it openly, both of them. Yeah, um, but they, it's always like metaphorical, right? With the spirit right. cooking and stuff. But you can draw connections from those two and what they say that they could be up to some shit. That Lena Morgana stuff is... Pfft, where do you even start trying to validate that? Well, just the way she died and the timing of it is suspect. But mm -hmm. you can't really connect it other than she was like working with her a little I've bit. Tried. Yeah. yeah. And I try to be pretty biased on a lot of stuff. I go into it a little bit with the confirmation bias set. Like with John Denver, I love John Denver. So I didn't want it to be anything as as suspicious as it was. But then I just started finding all this stuff and I was just like, oh, fuck. I guess oh. I got to include this part where his dad was a freaking military colonel. Guess I can't omit that part out. Yeah, no, it's all screwed. You're supposed to be a real good conspiracy theorist now, and you're so upset that you found out they were screwed up. You're supposed to go on Instagram <laughs> and say that they touched kids and the reptilian also. With oh, zero shit. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, feel like, I feel like that's what happens whenever people in the conspiracy community is just like, you know what? I don't like this actor, and now they're a pedophile. Yeah, I need to find some stuff to back that up, though, before I go spouting off at the mouth. I thought that guy's last movie sucked. You know what? He, he probably touches kids. Like, I feel like that's how easy in the conspiracy community that shit happens. Well, if, you, if you've heard of his movie, very much. It has to be. That's the way that shit works. Well, yeah, and I think, like New York was saying, uh, you can easily just say, I don't like Kanye anymore. He's wearing a skin suit. Well, how did you get there? Can you like 
share a link or something. Uh, is there like a Skin Suits RS where you can buy a Kanye? Can you share with me how you got there? Balenciaga. They have the Kanye suit. It's on clearance <laughs> right now. Right. Yeah. The, that and they also sell gay frogs. So with whatever you want, they got it for you. It's a conspiracy R Us. <laughs> Isn't that your sponsor this week, Nick? <laughs> conspiracy R Us. <laughs> this weekly gay frog special. Oh, <clears throat> frog oh the only thing I did want to mention about the 27. <clears throat> You know, that really did weird me out with like two of them with Courtney Love. I, I didn't know that. Um, I do. I you have could probably it. find more. I mean, her fucking the wake of that woman. It's insane. Maybe I wouldn't. Doubt I it. just gave like the few minute condensed version of it. But <laughs> you could write a whole book on it. The taste test. Yeah. Her dad did actually write it, but he's kind of I think he's CIA. So who the fuck knows? I do question those those 27 <laughs> deaths. Uh, a lot of them, too. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying that they're not technically dead. I mean, they might be by now anyway. But I do think there was a lot of occultism behind that because even like uh, the number 27 and stuff like one, that was another thing that came up in, uh, I think, in the Nashville school shooting. But uh, the 27th, even the 27th path on the Tree of Life between Hode and uh, Netzach, right above that's the, the sun, a Tifereth. Once you hit the sun, that's kind of like that is like when you start uh, channeling a holy guardian angel. So in a sense, that's like starts becoming your bridge to the abyss. And the tower card even falls on that path, which if you think of a tower, it could be male, phallic energy. Um, if you think about the tower card, it's going people technically were what? Trying to walk up it and go up, right? That's just the opposite of how we ended up down here. We're here because of a downward spiral. Those motherfuckers were looking to get out and going the upward spiral. You're heading up now towards the middle of the tree in the middle pillar. Death, again, is going to be associated with that, in a uh -huh. sense. And I just I just find it. And look at Kurt Cobain. And I even like hate to say it, too, but like death sometimes can be like um, fire can be associated with that. Aries, that's like the destruction of something, but now a rebirth of something else. Aries even starts off the Zodiac calendar. That's the beginning because something else just got destroyed. Um, very fiery. He killed himself in April. In my opinion, that sounds like a dick, <laughs> but a shotgun is very Aries-like. You know, explosive Ooh. fire. Explosive, yeah. Well, it's that like, you know, you got, you got the month of April, you got explosive fire, you got 20, you know, just this, it's a lot of it with occult symbolism to me. You'd have to start wondering, like, is this like the Matrix with some kind of uh, formula that I just things just appear like this? That's that's fake? what I think. Is it yes. what? What? Yeah, I don't know. Or but... is it by design? Well, yeah. If you're a musician and you die at the age of 26 or 28, like, there's a shitload of them that almost made the 27 Club. Like, I can name many that died at 28, and I'm sure 26 is the same. I covered that in an episode too. I covered 26 to like 29 and like, you get river Phoenix. You get all of them. All the, yeah, there's, there's I think actually the, Amy Winehouse. She was 27, 27. Yeah. 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 She's the newest inductee. Yep. 
Because then, she's, uh, she fits the mold too, really. Like her if, whole thing. If you go from 26 to 29, you also get Heath Ledger. And yeah, he was 28. He was, he was 28. Yeah. So uh, Lane Staley from Allison Chains. I, I yeah. covered a whole slew of people. I don't oh, even remember. I need to go back Selena, and listen to that. Selena and Aaliyah are in the 26 category with River Phoenix. I think River Phoenix, Selena, and Aaliyah were all 26 when they died. Yeah, the guitar player of Canned Heat, I think, is in the 27 club. And too. I can't connected remember his to name. the Laurel Canyon, by yep. the way. Yep. Yeah, Laurel Canyon. Jimmy with Hendrix Jim Morrison. too, right? Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Janice. fucking love Janice, by the way. Bobby McGee. Oh yeah, let me check. How old was Cl- uh, Cliff Burton? Cliff Burton, the bass Metallica guy. Yeah, that's a good question. He's in the early twenties because that was like before. That was like right in the beginning. Oh, who you know who I just thought of? Fucking but Brittany he, uh, Murphy. Nobody died on the twenty seventh. <laughs> How old was Brittany Murphy? She was twenty eight too, wasn't she? She was a name I mentioned for sure. Brittany Murphy was in that episode where I talked about her whole story is just fucked. Yes, I talked a little bit about that too because she right towards the end of her life she looked like she was on death's fucking door. She had her eyes sunken in. She had the dark circles and very skeletal-like. She looks like one of those things from Harry Potter that you can only see if you've witnessed somebody die. What are those things called? The nostrils or whatever? She looked like one of those fucking things. Uh, Anybody else watch Harry Potter? Well, yeah. I've read and watched everything. You, but uh, anybody else here, I was trying to help you out because I have no idea what those things are called. I just... Did you watch it? No. Oh, lame. She was... Brittany Murphy was 32. I just looked Uh, it up. Fuck (laughs) off, Brittany. That's not even cool. Yeah. Not even (laughs) invited to our podcast anymore. Yeah, fuck off. Too old. That's geriatric for young celebrity death. Yeah, that and Whitney Houston. How old was her daughter, though? Because she died the same way. Ew, Google it. What was her first name? I don't fucking know. Something, something Houston. I could just do Whitney Houston daughter. Yeah. I think Thrash is a better Jamie than I am. I got this tablet and it's malfunctioning. Daughter, death. Robert Johnson was 27 when he died. Yeah, well, he's like, I think he's the first, first guy. He's, he's the, the guy who met the devil at the crossroads. Yeah. That's that but guy. They also talk Brian about like Jones. an Italian flute player or something that like he was so far long ago that, but he was 27. They said Jonathan he made it. Oh, the guy from uh, Never Ending Story 2 and Sequest. Teen Idol. Mm. Jonathan Brandis. I forgot about that. Yeah, Whitney Houston's daughter was 22. Yeah. I just saw that. I didn't even think it was worth mentioning. Also, that's a cult of shit. That's story, in my opinion. Stephen King. Yeah, he was in that as well. That kid, uh, uh, Jonathan. Oh, the TV movie he was. He had asthma. He was was like, (gasps) yeah. Oh, shit. That's that kid? 
Yeah, the, in the TV movie, like from the early. Uh, early well, 90s. yeah, but I was yeah. thinking, okay, that the the kid though, not the adult. The the kid, yeah. Okay. That was Jonathan Brandis. He 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 was kind of like a young heartthrob. I forgot he was in the Twenty Seven Club. Mm. Yeah, I just looked up uh, famous people who died at Twenty Seven. <laughs> That's interesting. We've already named everybody that was on the list so far that I found. Because we're so fucking good. <laughs> it's like the same Gross. ones over and over. Pat Tillman. Yeah, we're, we're the, the football player? Yeah. The Arizona Cardinal? That was a weird thing that he died by friendly fire in one of the overseas wars. It was like kind of to shut him up from what? I don't know. I'm getting a little conspiratorial here. But that's what that was the word on the street when that happened. Because he was Yo, a Jim guy Morrison's... in the NFL. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go uh, ahead. Pat, Pat Tillman. I mean, he just like he went over there. He gave up a football career to go fight overseas, and then he died by friendly fire. It's just kind of fucking weird. <laughs> but Jim Morrison's way cooler. So go back. Sorry, Yo, Pat was... Tillman fans. I know there's a lot <laughs> watching or listening. I saw it. I was like, Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, Pamela Corson. It said. It is, I'm just going by what this says. Jim. Oh Morrison. yeah. She... she was 27. Also. Yeah, she died like six months after he died. Lisa died. Peterson, a media personality, she was 27. Is Who? Lisa Peterson that got murdered by her That's husband? Peter Scott Peterson? Is that, is that her? Uh, is like, was that her name? Person. I don't know. TV personality? Would yeah, I mean, I mean it could just be like... Forensic files of TV personality? <laughs> is that what she did? Oh they shit! Um, I think maybe the the drug dealer of Pamela Corson, and also he dealt to I think Keith Richards and yeah. some other guys. He was like some French guy, but like he his heroin that he got from Morocco or whatever was like I guess super potent. And I, he ended up dying too after he had basically killed. What Tim a Morrison, convenient fucking Corson. story for a guy yeah. like he was. Act, that character is actually in the Oliver Stone movie. He kind of had an affair with Pamela. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're gonna wipe out all these people, it'd be like, yeah, just a bad batch. You know, all these fuckers in their heroin. That's kind of like back to the Seattle scene too, when all he these fuckers are dropping guy? dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember mm-hmm. his name. Yeah, it, you'll find him though. Was he 27? He might have been 27 because he <laughs> died relatively after Pamela and Jim Morrison from his own stuff. Wow. Bad shit. You think you would think after he killed two people with it, he wouldn't do it. He'd be like, Yeah, maybe I'll just wait for the next shit. Well, <laughs> may, but that's the thing. That's why I talked about Janice Joplin wasn't a suicide because she was an experienced drug user. Like there was no way she was actually in the prime of her happy times in life. She was going to get married. She had all this stuff to look forward to. She was cleaning up her act. She was getting back on the straight and narrow. And then not only did she overdose, but it was such a massive overdose. She never would have given herself that much. You could say the same exact thing about Kurt Cobain. Everything you just said. It's so crazy. It's so fucking crazy. And the guy who was testing and developing LSD for use of mind control, his name was Frank Olson. Yeah. He got the the old... uh, bag over the head and pushed out the window thing yeah they made a whole netflix shit story about it wormwood 
Wormwood. Yeah, yeah. fuck that show. I, I'm horrible. talking about what really happened. Yeah. They straight up. They're like, maybe in. he got thrown. Well, oh, whatever. They straight up bashed that guy over no. the top of the head and threw his carcass out the window. He'd probably been dead for a few days before that fucking fall <laughs> happened. Right. Yeah. They killed him yeah. in the middle of the woods. My God, it's so crazy. All this stuff is. Uh... Well, and Jim Jim Morrison, he actually like supposedly hated heroin. Like he would always get mad at Pamela for using it and stuff. So there's like, there's it's like he died of a heroin overdose. But I don't know. There's speculation. Did somebody kill him? Like that drug dealer guy or Janis Joplin? Something. Um. Uh, Pamela, his girlfriend, Jim Morrison's. Mm. Probably. I don't know. I, th- I think all those people in that area, like that we all mentioned, that all died. They were questionable, especially at that age, twenty-seven. In my opinion. These are people who died. Who died? I have never been on the occult rejects before. Thanks for having me. This is my first time. That's right. That's Uh, right. You know what's funny is that I I think I told you, oh, this will be your first time coming on the occult rejects. I I, I was actually short on episodes for my own show, and I was like, oh, I'll just use this. And I was like, fuck, old. I told Julia that she'd be coming on the occult rejects. And I was like, I'll just do the occult rejects. Oh, this was going to be NY Patriot or something? Well, no, no. I originally, no. I planned on being the occult rejects. But then I realized, like, I, I really, I've done so many shows for the occult rejects. I've kind of lacked on my, slacked on my own. And I was like, I'm starting to actually, like, I only have, like, a few weeks, like, two or three weeks worth of stuff done. I'm normally oh. never like that. I'm normally like two months ahead. And I was like, oh, I'll just use this for the NY Patriot show. And then I was like, oh, but I told Julie it was the Ecole Rejects. I was like, I'll just oh, here. Okay, so, 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 so I am right. This is the Ecole Rejects. Yes, not yes, the, yes. Okay. the air is okay. different over here. I like it. I've never been on the NY Patriot show. You ruined my dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I would rather have Julia be on the Occult Reject show. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Well, this is my second show. appearance. Well, and, screw uh, you, guy. I I do. I would say though that I'd like for you to come on and maybe talk some like Courtney Love stuff on Cosmic Peach podcast. I think we could maybe team up for a cool episode on that, Colby. Well, uh. If you'd get yeah, an Instagram so I can set it up. No, after we stop recording, I'll give you my email address. Okay, perfecto. <laughs> All right. We'll do it old school shit. Okay, but this was super fun, though. Thanks, New York, for having yeah, me sure, on the Cult Rejects. I feel like a pimp. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. No, really. You guys this is where the night. pimps hang out. You see it? Yeah. Now? <laughs> These are the gangsters. Yeah. Well, I had to get Thrash that, on. I was like, "Fuck, we got." Nice to meet you, Thrash. You're a chill, dude. <laughs> nice yeah, to meet you. Thank I you. Just, I just see you over in the corner, just fucking downloading knowledge. I'm like, "What's he fucking?" He needs to talk yeah. to him because he's like sucking shit. He's in probably there. reading everything you were talking about. Oh, I know. Yo, I'm covering a topic with him now. I'm covering a topic with him now, and I actually feel like like out of place. I'm like, "Yo, this like, what does this dude not know about this shit?" Like every time I come across something, he's like, "Oh yeah." Blah, 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 he just blah, blah, thrashes blah, blah. wherever he goes. Yeah, I'm like, yo, I was like, you really fucking know this topic, like crazy. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, it's wow. great. It's great. I, I actually would like feel to talk bad. to Thrash about Manson at some point. So <laughs> oh. we should all, 
Well, I would love to have you on. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we could do that as like another yeah. live again sometime. Let's I would do love that. Do that. Let's, do that. Let's right. let this guy be the main talker at some point because I feel like he okay. could. Okay. Do you have a yeah. podcast? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm procrastinating. Are you going to call it the Thrasher? Because I think that would be great. <laughs> Thrash talk. Thrash talk. Yeah. Thrash talk. Better. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's like coffee yeah, talk, cool. only thrash talk. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Yeah, uh, he he has been though. I highly suggest to check it out since, and we're gonna wrap it up here anyway. Uh, thrash, you can find his link should be in there already. You can find him on Instagram, but I also highly suggest to go back and listen to our Native American two part series on the occult rejects. I thought he did a great job, especially with showing occult symbols. I think there's a connection somewhere somehow whatever i don't know people want to argue what came first the secret societies or the indians i don't know but there's definitely secret societies were before everything a duh I was like, like, you'll definitely I've see learned nothing else thrash so we, do you like to do like movie breakdowns i'll do a movie breakdown sure what's your insta <laughs> uh narmash thrash so uh, can G- you spell <laughs> It's all one word. G-N-A-R-M-O-S-H. Narmash. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) After that, it was like there's only one other Now everybody's going to be hitting this dude up. Like everybody watching this live. Hell yes. My sister's going to be hitting you up. No, okay. He's going to wake up tomorrow. It's gonna, he's going to have like 20 messages, 10 plus. I get dibs, though. I get fucking dibs. My sister oh, doesn't have no. a podcast, and I, she's probably not watching this anyway. <laughs> uh, but but thank you. Uh, thank you, Thresh, for jumping on and co-hosting. Um, uh, Colby, would you like to plug your show again? As well. Conspiracyplaytime.com. All of them are there or Spotify. Fuck YouTube. They keep taking me down. So don't go to YouTube. <laughs> Disinformation is on. And a lot of people are confused about that. Take disinformation and masturbation and put them together. Disinformation. Yeah. We are on Spotify and Rumble. And I, I'm already warned you. It's not that fucking friendly of a show. But if you're dark, check it out. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what I think is too is that uh, Dusty doesn't have a filter, so. Well, um, not, not, not in a bad. I'm not. I'm not. I love Dusty. I think he's awesome because of that reason. So. <laughs> Dusty is pushing me out of my comfort zone. So hey. <laughs> I can see that. I've I've been doing shit on that show that I never thought I'd do. Nice, nice. And uh, Julia, would you like to uh, plug Cosmic Peach? Yes, so I just want to tell the listeners where they can go to get their mind blown, and that's Cosmic Peach Podcast. Uh, Wherever you listen to podcasts, I'm there, including YouTube. I don't put every episode on YouTube because, like Colby said, I'm trying not to get shit canned over there. So I put out most of them, but not all of them. For the heavier stuff, you can just check out wherever iTunes or not iTunes, but, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And uh, I cover it all. Paranormals, supernatural, cryptids, conspiracy theories. What really happened to Marilyn Monroe? Solid. That's one of my favorite episodes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So again, what, if you are into that kind of stuff, Cosmic Peach Podcast. And what I and I, I want to give, I guess, like kind of give you like your work a shout out here. 
Um, if you go and look at her episodes and you may see like some like kind of like things that you might have seen other people cover before. It's an old story. She has something different in there. Believe me. Yeah. Thank Even Laurel she, Canyon. She, she'll cover other topics and find some crazy shit. You're like, what the fuck? So go listen <laughs> like to her show. It's like Ripper. all the queen of icebergs. Because <laughs> she'll take you, you down rabbit holes. Yeah. And like, her cousin's yeah. really cool, too. <laughs> oh, so. Brian Jason yeah. from the Cleveland <laughs> Schwill podcast. Yeah. So he actually is joining me. Just a quick plug. Uh, we're covering the disappearance of Johnny Gosh next week. Oh, nice. Yes. Is it Franklin's is so, it Franklin scandal at all? Because that's I what I think I have to do. You're gonna have right, to tune into the Cosmic Beach next Wednesday and uh have well, you know, so good. She's, I would have so, anyway. Julia's so good, she's coming on my show to cover a topic she won't even tell me about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's letting her. That just shows you the trust. <laughs> yes. I was like, Can you tell me anything? And you're like, No, not really. And I was like, All right, fucking <laughs> wow. I won't. I need to have genuine reactions when I lay it down on the line. No, that's why I always love having you on. So thank you. Definitely go check out all the links and everything. It's all on the bottom. Uh, yeah, it will be in the bottom even when the show drops regularly. Thank you, everybody who jumped in on the live. We had a we had a pretty decent amount of people. Uh, that's what's up. Thank you. You know, everybody. I don't want to go through the list, but you know, Eric, Corey, uh, Brandy, uh, Lisa, all of you know who you are. Uh, Animus. Carl, Carl, thank you for all the tidbits you were dropping in there. Always appreciate it. Uh, that's why I go live. I like to be able to interact with you people and watch your discussions. Uh, thank you all for making my night very interesting. And until the next one, everybody be well. Later. In a God of a fleet of honor, don't you know that I'm love you? In a God of a fleet of don't you know that I'll always be true? Oh, won't you come with me? And I'll take my hand. Oh, won't you come with me? And I'll walk this land. Please take my hand. Oh, God.